Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Hope everybody is having a phenomenal, phenomenal day. I can sure tell you that I am. It's uh, just starting out to be one of those beautiful days. A little bit, a little bit overcast down here on the beach, but just great. Had a wonderful weekend. Got my baby girl's car back up and running. Uh, always love technology. Have since I was knee high to a grasshopper. But to get out and be able to work on a vehicle, to be able to to personally envision something that you've done, whether it's in woodworking or or on the car, whatever. I mean, my hat is off to guys that do this for a living because, first of all, it comes second nature to them, but second of all, they're doing something they enjoy a lot of times. You know, my my best friend growing up was a mechanic, and he's now manages a shop versus working on the cars because of his back and, and some brain injuries that he suffered. But he had such, I mean, we just had a wonderful time talking, and he would share with me. He worked for Cadillac for many, many years. And the, the the pride and joy that they take in what they do. And I think sometimes, and, and the reason I'm doing this monologue is because sometimes I think we that are in direct selling think this is the only profession where you can enjoy life. And that is so wrong. You know, there's people in every walk of life that truly enjoy where they're at and what they're doing. And they're content with that. They, they're fulfilling a life's mission. And for us to to belittle or make fun of or pretend that we offer something better is at the very least a pompous attitude and probably borderlines on narcissism. So we need to be cautious of that. I bring that up because of some emails I've received over the weekend from people that detest our profession. And it makes you wonder why. When you dig deeper, you start to realize that because of the story they were given, because of the propaganda they were sold, they believed it. And it's it's amazing. Today we're in Chapter 6 of Greg Rochelle's book, Weird, because normal isn't working. You know, I've followed Craig ever since he, he really got connected with Catalyst. Now, part of ARC, and we do a lot of stuff following what they do and studying it. And this book was just amazing to me. He, he has a little phrase in this chapter called The Generous Eye. It says, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. One of my heroes, Winston Churchill. And as Craig starts this chapter, he starts sharing a story about how his kids are weird. They talk about giving to charity, giving to God, a part of what they have. I remember growing up, I was guilted, I guess, by the church. If you give 10%, you got to give your first. And and for years, that was that was a big deal. I mean, it's if I didn't give my my first 10% of everything I had to the church, I felt like I needed to repent. You know, and I started to realize that although that is truly a, a principle we should live by, when you're coming into life, sometimes we don't understand why that is. We don't look at the DuPonts, the Rockefellers, the Gettys, the Vanderbilts, and say, well, did they give money? They just look rich. They have gave back, I mean, uh, untold amounts. J.C. Penney started out giving 10% and by the end of his life was giving 90% away. Not so he could get richer, but so that he could bless others. It's called paying it forward. And in this chapter, we're kind of talking about that. Craig goes, the Bible cons- 
consistently and directly indicates that we, when we give generously, we're serving, honoring, and glorifying God. After all, generosity is the foundation of God's nature. I got to thinking about that. You know, if if you believe the law of attraction, and maybe you're not you're not into the Christianity thing, the law of attraction says that what you put off, you'll get back. So I got to thinking about this, and I thought, wow, man, it's, it's you know, no matter what religious or humanistic format that you want to put it in, it's kind of like the golden rule. There's there's a, a principle in every theology, every philosophy that's out there on the giving principle. Now, that being the case, we could say that it's a universal law, came in existence in creation, no matter if you think we came from a blob or we came from God. That's the way it works. But yet most of us want to make excuses on why we're not giving. And and in the, the generous eye, I think what Craig is showing is that it's not what we give, but how we give. See, some people, as I started off talking earlier, they live in, they, they work and live in careers where they don't have a lot of money to give. But what about your time? What about your energy? What about old clothes and stuff? See, I got to thinking about this chapter today, keeping the the eye on the prize, the generous eye. What is it that it means to us? Craig writes this. He says, if you're a follower of Christ, consider just for a moment the value of the incredible underserved gift that God has given us. Mercy, grace, forgiveness, a new life. See, it's hard to fathom just how freely he's ravished us with all that he has. And I got to thinking about that one little phrase, and I thought, man, how many times do we not give back? We don't give back to mankind. We don't give back to this earth. We don't give back to God. Matter of fact, I I wear some bracelets on my hand as a constant reminder of how we should live. It says, walk humbly. Love mercy, act justly, and seek justice, and act justly. See, I, I know it's hard for me, so I've, I've created a way that I can remember how I'm supposed to act towards others, how I'm supposed to see others. I remember a few years ago, a, a very loud and boisterous couple came into a local restaurant. They didn't have any money. They were looking for somebody to buy their lunch. And I told the maitre d', just set them down, let them eat, I'll pay for it. Now, typically, you know, they did order the most expensive menu items. But it didn't matter to me. I thought, man, that could be God, for all I know, seeing how I'm going to act. See, I think too many times we want to be normal we we say, well, I can't afford to give any this week because the bills are due, or I don't know when the next money's coming in from a client. This is car payment week or house week or whatever the case is. Because we're tied up in thinking it's always got to be money. God does say, give me your first fruits. I understand that. But if you have a generous eye... Would your color 
of the of the worldview be a little bit different? Would you start thinking beyond yourself and use that paying it forward mentality of God, who can I bless in this present situation? What do I have that I could use to make a difference? What is it that's needed here? What can I do to meet that need? I've got a gigantic bag of clothes, a lot of T-shirts and and stuff that I haven't worn. I'm going to give them away. I give them to a place called Harvest House because they give away a lot of the stuff that they get in there because people can't afford it. They don't just charge. And when they do charge, it's very little. They're not going to know who I am. And, And I'm one of these weird people that... I don't like writing checks in church, and I don't ever claim tithe on my tax return. I, I just don't. I believe it should be a private thing. My pastor disagrees with me, but that's just the way it is. Craig writes this. We're promised a blessing if we give generously, not a big paycheck. And not all of God's blessing are money-oriented. Instead... They may be riches of the spirit, peace of mind, joy, patience. It could be gifts that money can't buy, like a spouse, kids, forgiveness, respect, grace. When you're generous, you will be blessed, whether it comes to you materially or spiritually, emotionally, relationally, or some other way. God obviously cares much more about what happens in our hearts than what happens in our bank account. And I think this is where this gets skewed. And this is why I'm bringing it up, because whether you are a follower of Jesus Christ or not, everybody talks about, with 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 disrespect and, and humor, the televangelists who just want to ask for your money. Send me $100, and I'll send you back an anointed cloth. And when you put it on your head, you'll want to send me $1,000, and I'll send you back the oil bottle so you can anoint it yourself. I mean, it goes on and on, just garbage. And I think it's because people think that it's always going to be about cash. You know, when we think about the little stories in the Bible, not the big ones. The little stories. The the woman who gave the last of everything she had to the prophet, and yet her pot never ran empty. It wasn't so much that the pot wasn't running empty. It's the fact that God's taking care of it. She's getting back what she sowed. See, for us to be able to change in every aspect of our life, we've got to stop looking inward and we've got to start looking outward. We've got to have a generous eye. I was watching an old show over the weekend called Dynasty, and they showed their daughter reaching out to her mom, her dad, her brother, her friends, and nobody had time for her, and eventually she took some sleeping pills to kill herself. And then everybody was awake. Everybody, oh my gosh, how selfish have we been? Who in your life today, just one small little act of unselfishness could change their way? I believe there's a big, huge difference in what we're doing when we want to be weird instead of normal. See, normality tells us don't give what you don't have. Don't give until you can give for yourself, until you're taking care of everything. Don't don't go out on a limb for somebody else. They'll screw you. They'll stab you in the back. They'll stick the hatchet in your back, whatever the case is. It doesn't work. Craig tells a story. Him and his family went down South America. 
We're working with an Indian tribe, and since they're like me, they're part Cherokee, they thought they fit in pretty good. Matter of fact, they looked a lot, their youngest daughter looked a lot like the tribal members. This tribe makes their money by making exotic dresses, and people from around the world fly in to buy them. It takes a month to make one of these dresses. And as they were leaving their last day, the tribal elders and some of the ladies came forward, big smiles on their face, saying, we want to give your baby girl this blessing. And Craig, in his infinite wisdom, was saying, I can't take this. I mean, we make more in a day than you make in a month. We don't need this. She doesn't need this blessing. And he finally told the interpreter, hey, just tell them I'll pay for it. And the interpreter just stood there. And he finally said, this is what Craig writes, my translator started to turn his head towards them but remained fixed on my words. He maintained eye contact with me for several uncomfortable seconds, standing silently before he finally said, Pastor Grishel, I won't tell them this. It would hurt them very badly. Please, it would be very rude if you robbed them of the blessings they would like to give you and your family on behalf of God. Who are you and I to be so pompous as to turn down a blessing that God puts in our life? Man, I'm so, I think, guilty of this because I don't, I don't know how to ask people for help. I don't know how to, as a matter of fact, I have a hard time just asking them for money unless it's a blatant, downright service that somebody calls me on. I've always been that way. I'm just to go do it, and I'll give the shirt off my back. I'm just kind of weird whenever somebody wants to give me theirs. But we've got to be open to what God's blessing is in our life. If God comes to us and says, go help somebody else, why wouldn't he go to somebody else and say, hey, go help them? I'm not talking about some audible voice. You know what I'm saying. I'm talking about just that impression on your heart. See, if when you're blessing others, then you're going to be blessed. And we've got to remember that. I think we've been screwed so many times in life that we think when we're about to get a blessing that it must be there must be some string attached. There must be something that's an I gotcha. And we have a hard time just accepting. In Second Corinthians nine eleven in the Bible it says, You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Notice he didn't say rich in finances, but rich in every way. We always think it's about money. It's about lifestyle. That's not necessarily the case. But think about this for a second. Poverty never bought anybody happiness either. So if God wants to bless you financially, that gives you peace of mind and creativity to go out there and do bigger and better things and fulfill his purpose, isn't that the cool part? doesn't mean you're going to be financially independent like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, anybody else. That's what I think is cool. This is about a life transformation, not a life change. This is about being weird because normal isn't working. This book's been a real eye-opener for me. See, Craig writes, when you let God's blessings flow through you and you give generously, 
that's his conduit of blessing, then you will radically depart from the typical mindset of what's in it for me. See, one of the things that, that sets me apart in network marketing is I'm never looking for what's in it for me. And the people that I deal with sometimes freak out with that because they say, well, what's in it for you? And it's, well, I don't know that anything's in it for me. I mean, if you find value in it, I guess write me a check. But I want to bless you. I want to benefit this whole profession. And people don't get that. So when I debate and get into conversations with people, we're never seeing things from eye to eye. We always are on different pages. They're looking for the I gotcha because they've been screwed and I'm just wanting to give a little bit. It's amazing when you start to to inter-reflect on, on what it is that's going on. And you have those aha moments. And it's like, man, this is pretty cool when you think about it. See, the way to start this is to view other people's needs as more important than your own. When we do this, we discover a, a sticky power. That, well, we discover that the sticky power of money and possessions don't don't stick to us. We don't care anymore about that. What we care about is how can we help others reach their dreams and destination. Craig talks about three types of giving. The first is spontaneous. This is the first level of giving. It's when you see a need, you immediately want to pronounce it and fix it. Pounce on it, boom, it's done. We see this a lot during the holiday season. Now, that type of giving is probably not going to overly change your life at all. But it's a good start. And spontaneous givers, for the most part, are kind of weird because most people just don't see it that way. But if we want to maximize, then we need to go to step two. We need to be a strategic giver. Maybe that means you're giving on a regular basis to your church, a regular basis to the Red Cross, some local charity, whatever the case may be, whatever your social justice crusade is. Now you start to focus a little bit more, a little bit more. But then there's that third type of giver, the sacrificial giver that's giving more, knowing that people can't give back to them. Not everybody, Everybody's at some level. doesn't mean that you've got to be at every level, so don't get me wrong here. But you want to take it to that next level. You want to say, okay, Troy, I don't go to church. I'm not into the Jesus freaky thing. Okay, that's cool. What 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 social justice passion is in your heart? Is it to stop the sex trade in your city? Is it to if you're into global warming, is it to to fight global warming? Is it to help save the dolphins? I'll go out on a limb, be real controversial. Maybe you're into freedom of choice and you want to donate to Planned Parenthood. Okay, whatever it is, are you giving to your cause? See, that's the key. Are you giving to people that can't help you? Are you giving to people with no strings attached? Maybe it's just going out and doing something with your hands. So so you go find a nonprofit that fixes single moms and grandmas and widows as cars. Or maybe you join Habitat for Humanity because you want to be able to help build some houses. Whatever the case may be, if you start to give back, 
you'll start to see a change in your life. Like I said, it doesn't mean you're going to become financially rich. But you will start to see some more responsibility come into your life. You'll start to see other blessings in your life. You'll start to hear the word thank you more often. See, when you start going that distance, the sky's the limit on where you can be. You'll start to stop this craziness of normal. You'll start to find that even though your paycheck probably hasn't gone up as much as you'd like, that not only are you paying the bills, but you've got a little extra left at the end of the month. Those are the things that cause us not to be normal. I'm not talking about the prosperity gospel, name it and claim it, any of that crap. I'm talking about going out of your way to start giving to others. Working your way up to being that sacrificial giver, maybe. If you want to be weird and change your life because normal isn't working, then why wouldn't you start now? See, that's the key, folks. you got to start. We're in chapter 6. We're getting ready to go in part 3. The money chapter has been the most funky. I mean, this whole series, this th- last three chapters, because it's it's different. It's not using credit cards. It's not going out there and having the nicest car, the biggest house, and then wondering how you're going to pay for it. It's giving to others when you don't think you can afford to. But if normal's not working for you, why not try being weird a little bit? See, that's the key here. I love it. I love it. Tomorrow we're going to start Chapter 3, Relationships. Love is weird. I'm looking forward to this section because love is an interesting thing. It's an action, not not so much an emotion, although we've been taught that it's an emotion. We're going to have some fun with those three chapters. Today's a little shorter than always, but doggone it, there's nothing to say. My daddy used to say shut up, so that's what I'm going to do. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow with me for radio or real radio realmentorsradio.com. Bye now.